Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. Today is Vision Team Sunday, like I mentioned, and it's going to be an awesome day. Just before we get started, as a quick way to celebrate and honor everyone that's ever served on the Vision Team in the past 11 years, if you've ever served on the Vision Team, even if it was just one time at all of our locations on the count of three, I just want you to stand to your feet. Even if you just served one Sunday in the past 11 years, I want you to stand to your feet. One, two, three. Stand up at every single campus, every single location. Let's clap our hands. Let's honor everybody today. Hey, remain standing, remain standing, remain standing, remain standing. Here's what I want to say. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for the early mornings and the late nights. The endless pipe and drape and the endless dirty diapers. Come on, somebody. The thousands upon thousands of coffees served, the thousands of children and students discipled, the thousands of worship songs sung that's led this church into the presence of the Lord, the thousands of people greeted, and the thousands of lives that have been changed through your obedience. I want to say thank you on behalf of Pastors Mike and Ashton, on behalf of Pastors Lee and Ashley from the West Campus, on behalf of Pastors Ed and Yvette from the South Campus, and on behalf of my beautiful wife, Michaela, and I, we just want to say thank you. We honor and celebrate you. This church would not exist without you. Thank you. Let's clap our hands one more time. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to read one quick verse, and then I'm going to tell three or four stories, and then we're going to get out of here. The verse that I want to read today comes from Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. It's on the screen behind me. It says simply this, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. It's only one verse. Let's read it all together one more time. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Let's say it all together. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Love. Thank you, John. Have you ever wanted to be part of a team or a group, but you didn't quite meet the expectations or the requirements for getting on that team? Growing up, I was always playing soccer. I played one year of football, got creamed, and then in eighth grade, I decided to join the track team. And the track team was so big in eighth grade that the, the, the track team coaches had decided that there would only be three students uh, three of the best students from each track category could participate in the track uh, competitions that could actually be on the track team. So if you wanted to be on the track team, you had to be one of the top three in any category just to be on the team because so many people had signed up. 
And I'm in eighth grade. I'm about 5'11", probably 78 pounds soaking wet. And so there was no way I was going to be able to do the shot put. That was kind of out of the question. The discus was definitely out of the question. Uh, I was uh, growing pretty quickly, I, I, and I could not sprint. I kind of looked like a, like a young baby giraffe just right out there. My legs kind of didn't really know what to do with themselves. I definitely was not going to do anything long distance because if anyone thinks that long distance running running is fun. Y'all need some serious freedom and like mental freedom or something. Therapy, I don't know. I was definitely not going to do that. And uh, believe it or not, even though I was tall, I wasn't going to be able to do the high jump because I'm white. And so anyway, so the thing that I decided to do, (laughs) I decided that I was going to go for the triple jump. Now, no one really knows what the triple jump is. It's basically just a conglomerate of of jumps, and you just kind of get from one point to the next. And the reason why I chose the triple jump, the only reason why I chose the triple jump, is because there was only four uh, people, including myself, uh, uh, going up to be on on the track team for the triple jump. So if you do the math correctly, all I would have to do would be one guy in the triple jump and then I was automatically in the top three. I could get a track hoodie with my name on it. I could get a track jersey. I could travel on the bus. I could do all those things. So the time came where it was my opportunity to, to see if I could be on the track team. The day came and the first two guys, remember there's four of us, the first, this is a true story, eighth grade. First two guys, they, they crushed it. They blew it out of the water. They jumped like 10,000 feet. I'm like, how in the world did you do that? So there's no way I was gonna beat the first two guys. It was down to me and this other kid. His name was Dustin. I think his name still is Dustin. But but I was about 5'11". Again, and this is a true story. Dustin, at the time in eighth grade, was like 4'10 on high heels. Like he was seriously very, very short for his age. And I thought, I am gonna just smoke Dustin. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a, a gazelle and just jump over Dustin. Like, and I'm gonna be on the track team. Well, it was my time to go first. And I jumped probably like, I don't know, I'm gonna say 30 feet because that sounds good. I don't know if it's good. If it's good, tell me afterward. If it's not, go home after this. But um, I jumped a certain number of feet, like 29, 30 feet. Dustin goes, he out jumps me by 10 feet. I don't know what kind of steroids he was on, but the dude seriously was like a leaping gazelle and absolutely crushed me. And I didn't even, I didn't even stick around for the coach to dismiss. I just kind of walked home after that completely defeated. I mean, have you ever wanted to be on a team? You just didn't meet the requirements for being on that team. Well, the vision team, the team of volunteers that we have here at this church, we call it the vision team. We've made it super simple for you to be part of the team. There's no DNA sample. There's no credit check. There's no, uh, you don't have to get your blood drawn at Serve 101. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to memorize the book of Revelation or study the book of Leviticus. You just have to have two things. Someone say two. There's only two requirements for being on the vision team. And the first one is this. You ready for this? The first requirement for being on the vision team is this. You need an open heart. You need an open heart. That's step number one. Step number one, you want to be a part of the vision team, 
You just have to have an open heart. Here's what an open heart means. An open heart means that you are open to anything and everything that God might do in your life. You believe the Bible, you believe the word of God, you're doing your best to obey everything that's in the Bible and everything that God would speak to you himself. It doesn't mean you're perfect, it doesn't mean you have it all together, it just means you're open. Here's what I wrote down in my notes, an open heart doesn't mean you're perfect, it simply means you're positioned. An open heart means I'm positioned and ready for God to do whatever he wants in my life, to search the corners of my heart, to search the dark places of my heart. I realize I don't have it all together, but I also realize that my heart is open for whatever God might do in my life. Let me tell you a hard truth for just a sec. So put your big boy pants on for just a moment. If you are reluctant to serve others, according to Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, if you're reluctant to serve others, your reluctance speaks to the position, the condition, and the openness of your heart. You might think that you have an open heart. You might claim that you have an open heart. But if you continually reject serving others in love, you're lying to yourself because that action is actually speaking to the condition and not the openness, rather the closeness of your heart. Be careful because there are certain things that only God can do in your heart when you serve others. Did you know that? That there are certain things that God can do in your heart just between you and him. But then there are also certain things that only God can develop inside of you when you take the time to do what Galatians 5 says and you serve others in love. Take a look at this story real quick. Yeah, um, I just didn't want to have kids. It was that simple. Slowly but surely, the Lord started working in my heart. Yeah, uh, my name is um, Kevin Menkos. My name is Celeste Menkos. In this right here is Kalel Menkos. Me and Celeste have been married for almost seven years and throughout our whole marriage I was completely against having children. I didn't want to know anything about having kids. My heart was very uh, locked in. I've had pastors pray over me. I've had people tell me, you know, it's really good to have children. But my heart said, no, I don't want to, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know about it. I don't even want to smell it. <laughs> I don't want to know anything about kids. Incluso hacían bromas y decían, ay, ¿cuándo van a tener sus hijos? ¿Cuándo vienen los chicos? ¿Cuándo? Nosotros, bueno, yo estaba así como que, pues Kevin, él estaba siempre en negación, like, hasta se molestaba un poco cuando venían esos esos comentarios. I just didn't want to have kids. It was that simple. When are we going to have kids? What's going on? It was never something that really got brought to our We never had a conversation. Pues lo que hice también fue que yo puse una oración eh, ese deseo de tener hijos porque me casé con él y lo amaba, lo amo a él y Mi deseo siempre fue tener una familia con él. 
eh, eh, entonces lo que yo hice fue orar y ponerle a Dios el corazón de mi esposo y que él cambiara el corazón de mi esposo cuando fuera el tiempo y cuando fuera el tiempo yo voy a yo iba a estar lista para ser mamá porque siempre he querido ser mamá es el deseo de cualquier niña mujer y y así así pasó y ahora vamos a contar cómo pasó so me and Celeste started working with Focus Kids in the check-in team. We did that for a few months. And then I also saw there was another need in uh, teaching. So I said, let me let me see what this is all about. And I went up to the pastor there and I said, hey, you know, is there any spot for me to teach or to be part of Focus Kids? And that's when I began as an assistant. And I said, this is different <laughs> from what I'm used to. But I immediately fell in love because I could see the kids there when, when they're worshiping the Lord, they actually want to be there. They raise their hands, they pray, they close their eyes. And I just saw that so beautiful. I've never seen that before. That's where the Lord was, was starting to chip at my heart and telling me, okay, Kevin, you see how these children are worshiping the Lord, right? And I could just feel it in my heart. Um, as time passed by, I became a teacher and then I got to teach these children. We got to worship together, play games, pray for each other. Out of the whole week, I have an hour, an hour and a half with the kids and I could just, you know, talk to them about Jesus, let them know who he is, cast that vision into their hearts. And I just loved it. Slowly but surely, the Lord started working in my heart. And I promise you, my heart was rock solid against kids. And I would just see kids lifting up their hands and say, that's it Lord, I would love to have a son or a daughter and just dedicate him to you. I will love for my son at the now Cal to one day go to Focus Kids and be able to lift up his hands in joy. And, and him wanting to be there and get, and get to know you on a personal level. Because we know Focus Kids isn't just a place where we, you know, drop them off and goodbye. I know and I've been there and I've taught children. So I know Cal is gonna learn about Jesus. That's the most important thing. You know, he'll have people there that he can grow with friends that he can grow with as well. So I'm just very grateful for Focus Kids because my heart completely changed serving in Focus Kids. You know, what was old now is new and we have a son because of, because our hearts, uh, my heart was completely changed thanks to, to Focus Kids. Yeah. You gotta have an open heart. An open heart says, God, you can do whatever you want in my heart. For Kevin, it was developing the heart of a father. I'll tell you this true story. My wife and I didn't start here. We weren't born in North Carolina. In fact, most recently, uh, about seven years, seven and a half years ago, we were working at a small church in South Florida, Southwest Ranches, if you're familiar with the Miami area. And we were working in a small church. My wife, she was the worship director at the time. I was the youth pastor. Well, let me just rephrase. I was the part-time youth pastor and part-time groundskeeper for the entire church. And if you've ever worked at a small church, you know that if you work at a small church, you wear like a thousand different hats. So I was the youth pastor. I was the drummer. I was the groundskeeper. I was the cleaning lady. I was all of these things at this small church. And I remember, I didn't have any experience mowing lawns besides the little, the little lawn that we had growing up, but I was hired to be the groundskeeper in order to, to make room in the budget in the church 
um, for me to step in as a youth pastor. So the, the, the lead pastor, he, he let go of the landscaping company in order to, to free up some space in the budget to hire me. And we let go of the landscaping company. By the way, this wasn't like a, like a plain, just open field like we have on Destiny Drive that I could just uh, do lines back and forth. No, this property had every bush, shrub, garden, retention pond that you could ever imagine. I actually think it was the Garden of Eden as found in Genesis chapter 1, and I was taking care of it. I was taking care of the Garden of Eden. There were 12 different gardens on this property. 12. Anyway, so I'm taking care of, of this church property and I'm doing my thing. And, and, and it comes the time for me to, to mow. It was like three days into my time there to mow the yard for the first time. I'll never forget my lead pastor. He bought a $400 lawnmower from the neighbor. And then he was like, hey, this is what you're going to use. And I was like, okay. And the first day that I mowed the lawn, it took me eight hours. And I, f- I finished half of the mowing not like like half of everything half of the mowing not the trimming not the weed eating not the palm trees by the way everything grows so fast in Miami it is ridiculous finished half of the mowing it took me eight hours for the next two years I was a youth pastor very, very part-time, and a landscaper majority of the time. For the next two years, I learned to cut grass, and I learned to trim hedges and trim bushes. And I got to be honest with you, I said some things on that lawnmower that only are between me and God. <laughs> some things that, w- that should never go out in public. And I remember for the two years of my life, I was just wrestling with this, struggling with this, Burnt out, frustrated, mad. God, you've called me to be a pastor. Why am I taking care of the grass? I remember it was two years into my journey there, and I had a a tank sprayer, a weed tank sprayer, and I was spraying for weeds, walking throughout the entire property, spraying for weeds. It's hot. Miami is like July. Spraying for weeds. The lead pastor comes out of the office, and he meets me on the grounds, and he says, Michael, he weighs me down, and I stop spraying and take out my headphones, and he says, hey, I'm frustrated, and I need you to stop spraying the weeds because you're killing everything. I said, I'm trying to. Like, this is my goal. Like, I'm trying to murder the property so I don't have to cut it. Like, that's that's what I'm trying to do. This is a true story. He said, I need you to to put down the, the tank sprayer. I need you to get down on your hands and knees, and I need you to pull every single weed by hand on this property. I almost grabbed my chainsaw and did something that I would have regretted in that moment. But God was trying to do something in my heart through my hands. In fact, here's what I wrote down. What if God wants to do something in your heart that he can only do through your hands? You see, I was feeling burnt out. That's a word that you and I have heard before when it comes to serving. I think that God was using my burnout to teach me some determination. I think that God was using my burnout to teach me some gird up your loins and get back to work. Be careful that you don't quit prematurely. Be careful that you don't throw in the towel in the middle of your burnout because what if it's at your burnout, you reach your breaking point and God wants to provide a blessing that he can only do in the middle of your burnout. What if he's trying to teach you something in the middle of your struggle? 
What if he's trying to teach you something in the middle of your exhaustion? When you show up on Sunday morning and you have to remember, I'm not here for me. You're rebuking selfishness from you. You're saying, God, humble me. I'm doing this for you. I know you're tired. I know you're weary. But what if God is trying to do something in your heart? There are volunteers who are here 12 hours on Sunday. They're exhausted. I'm with them. But guess what? God's working on our heart. What if God wants to do something in your heart that he can only do through your hands? Here's requirement number two. Requirement number one is, is, is open heart. Here's requirement number two. You have to have open hands. Open heart, open hands. Open heart. Open hands. I'll tell you another quick story. This was about maybe four years ago. This was happened right here on this property, right here at our East Campus, 7,000 Destiny Drive. I think I had maybe like just become the campus pastor at the time. This was before we were a multi-site church. We didn't have our West Campus. We didn't have our South Campus. I remember we had an incredible Sunday. It was like just an awesome, awesome, awesome Sunday where you could sense and feel the tangible presence of, the God, of God in the building. And I mean, we all walked out full of faith. It was also party with the pastor Sunday. So we went straight to party with the pastor to our next steps room and and party with the pastor again. I think that someone shared like a testimony of how they found the church and she was crying and the whole room was crying. And it was just the most awesome party with the pastor ever. It was so great. And we exited out of party with the pastor. Everyone was so full of faith and courage. We cleaned up and everything. Everyone left. And, and, and after we cleaned up, I went out into the parking lot to go get my car and drive home. And as I'm walking in the parking lot, I'm approached by a couple that had come uh, to party with the pastor and was there at church. And they approached me. They met me in the parking lot. True story. And the husband of this couple is in tears, just his eyes are, are red from just sobbing and crying. And you could tell that God was working on his heart. And he approached me and we had this conversation. And I was like, well, what's, what's going on? He, and he said, I'll never forget this. He said, I, I feel the presence of the Lord for the first time. He'd grown up Catholic. He said, this, this morning I felt the presence of the Lord for the first time. And now I have no idea what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And I just felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And then I said to him, here's what I want you to do. For the next 30 days, I just want you to go all in. For the next 30 days, I want, I want you to join a team tonight. Be a part of the vision team. Join a team tonight. You'd be great on the safety team. I sent him a form. He joined the safety team. I want you to join a group. I want you to come every Sunday. I want you and your wife to get plugged in. I just want you to go all in for 30 days. Open your heart and open your hands for 30 days. And, and at the end of the 30 days, I said, if you don't like it, I'll never ask you to serve again. If you don't like it, money back guarantee. I'll give you every single dollar you spent back to you over the next 30 days. Well, he took that advice. He began serving. And 30 days changed into three and a half years. And now Joe DeSilva leads the safety team at our South Campus. Come on, to God be the glory. Joe, if you're in church today, I'm proud of you. I celebrate you and I honor you. And I'm thankful for you that you've opened your heart, but you've also opened your hands. And Joe, I know that you're not perfect. I'm not either. But I know that you have an open heart. 
I know that you've allowed God to do something in you, and you've also allowed God to do something through you, and I'm proud of you. You have to have both. You actually can't just have one. (laughs) Did you know that? You actually can't just have an open heart or open hands. You actually have to have both or one can be detrimental for you. And here's why. Listen to this. If your heart is open, but your hands are closed, you're asking God to do something in you, but not through you, and that's called selfishness. If your heart is open, but your hands are closed, you're saying, God, you can do whatever you want in me, but I'm just not going to give you permission to do something through me. You want to know the problem with the church in America? Too many open hearts, too many closed hands. Too many people come into church. Obviously not our church. Now I'm looking at the camera, but I see you. (laughs) Too many people come to church saying, God, do whatever you want in me. But Lord, I'm not going to allow you to do anything you want through me. And selfishness is leading to disorder in your life. Here's what James says, James 3.16, for wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder of every kind. You wonder why there's disorder in your life? Because you're selfish in the fact that you want God to do something in your heart, but you refuse to allow him to do something through your hands. Now, on the flip side of this, if your hands are open, but your heart is closed... You're asking God to do something through you, but not in you. That's called pride. You're saying, God, use me. God, do something in me. God, preach through me. Let me lead thousands into worship. Let me disciple hundreds. But God, I don't know if I'm ready for you to do something in me. I don't know if I'm ready for you to really search the depths and the corners of my heart and the trauma that's been instilled for the, through the power of the enemy that I've never brought up with you. You're saying, God, do something through me, but not in me. And that's called pride. Too many pastors in the last five years have said, God, do something through me, but not in me. And they've fallen every single time. Proverbs 16, 18 says this, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before fall. So selfishness leads to disorder, pride leads to destruction. You need both. You need an open heart. You need open hands. Take a look at this story. I uh, was a flight attendant in my former life, and I found that greeting was my calling. So I've been out on the sidewalk and out in front of Focus for a long time. I'm Margaret Way. I've been at Focus for about 11 years. I came to Bauckham once and uh, then to the Halley Center. Met a lot of people and Darren is my favorite. <laughs> uh, Uncle D is what most people call me. Uh, but one day I was uh, uh, had some 
stuff going, just family life that uh, the Lord really used to try to get me back in line with him and back in the church. And as I was going down the street to make a left on Center Street, I saw these <laughs> these people with flags and I saw this lady outside waving to people. And I was waving back like, is she waving at me? What is she, what, who, what are, who are these crazy people? So once I saw Margaret, I think the second time, I reached out and um, sent an email to see what kind of church it was, what it was all about. Pastor Mike actually responded himself, which shocked me. And so the next week, myself and my second oldest son came and we met Margaret firsthand. And one day this man comes up to me and said, I've been watching you for a few weeks and wondering what's going on here. And I was serving like I do every Sunday. I haven't missed very many. And in front of the Halley, we were outside and we would just wave at every single car that went by, not knowing who was in there, but hopefully maybe someday we would see them. That was that. That was that, that was that. I remember We've pulling been... in, we, I remember coming down and pulling in right beside, right beside. in the back and getting out and thinking to myself, she's there, you know what I mean? <laughs> she's there, so I remember that. And then uh, uh, my second son, Dante and I right. came in and that's when I kind of said hello, introduced myself and told you, hey, I've been watching, I've been looking at you waving and uh, so I'm here for service. So, and that was kind of the start of that, just from her being faithful like that. She had no idea that I was going to be here. You had no way of knowing no. that I was going to show up, but because she was faithful, um, we did, and uh, and we had a great experience. I did think because it was crazy. Wait, he thought I was crazy. What is she doing? And it was my way of serving. So it was great to meet her, and uh, the experience was great right here in the Halley Theater. Um, walked in, Dante and I, we looked around because we didn't see anybody else black. Everybody was white. Nobody seemed to mind that we were black. We didn't seem to mind that we were white. We went upstairs and had a great service. And uh, the rest is kind of history. Uh, about six months later, yeah. I was beside Mark. He was outside. He was outside waving with me. <laughs> waving at people. It was Margaret and I on those doors for a long time. Yeah. So uh, if I'm honest, one of my favorite um, places to serve, quite frankly, because you get to see people coming in from all different walks of life, right. and it's just super fun. Uh, three of my four children have been baptized uh, through Focus Church, and uh, my youngest child, who I affectionately call number four, I call my children by number, <laughs> is actually now on staff with the church. So it's been a, a wild ride for nine years, a lot of changes in places, but I will tell you, if it wasn't for the obedience of Margaret, waving at me and everybody going down the street, um, then I probably would not be here right now. I love you. I love you too, and I don't want to cry. That's why I stopped talking. <laughs> Man, I love Margaret. I don't even know if I can. I, I, I love Margaret Way. Love her <laughs> life. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? She has blessed my family in ways that most of you all don't know either, but she has. So it's been more than a greeting for me. You know, I, can, I definitely consider Margaret Way family. Oh, you're so sweet. Got Donovan Ford with me today. <laughs> I met Donovan when I was the kid's pastor. He was in fourth grade. He was a punk. <laughs> and now to see you all grown up on staff at this church, I'm so proud of you. 
And the reason why I bring Donovan up is because when you serve, you have the ability not just to change a life, but to change generations. Open hands. If it wasn't for Margaret's open hands, Donovan would not be standing here today. I wonder if there's a Donovan in your life that's waiting for you to open up your hands. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all put together. You just have to have an open heart and open hands. I'm gonna be very clear with you today and then Donovan's gonna pray for us, but I'm gonna ask you to serve from today till Christmas at Focus. That's eight weeks. And I did the math. Most teams serve about an hour and a half on Sunday. It's like you show up 15 minutes, 30 minutes early, kind of leave after the experience. Most teams, if you served every week from, from next Sunday till Christmas at Focus, that's 12 hours. Crazy that your pastor would be asking you to serve 12 hours from now till December. Not much. Here's what I do need from you. I need you to have an open heart. I need you to say, you know what, the moment that I put that lanyard on, I'm saying, God, over the next eight weeks, you can do whatever you want in my life. And I need you to have open hands. They say, God, if there's a Ford family out there Use me. I'm opening up my heart, but I'm also opening up my hands. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to be very bold and very clear. But I'm going to ask you to serve today. And on the count of three, if that's you, you're saying, you know what, Pastor? I'll have open heart. I'll have, an op I'll have some open hands. On the count of three, I want you to raise your arm and open your hand. What we're going to do is we're going to put a lanyard in your hand, signifying that you're part of the team. If that's you, don't wait on this moment. I'm asking for 12 hours. 12 hours from now till December 10th. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Say, I'll serve. I'll have an open heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. 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 Hands going up everywhere. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's not too late. Hold up your hand. If you haven't got a lanyard, hold up your hand real high. Open up your hand. Thank you, 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 thank you. Now, I didn't promise it was going to be easy. You're going to have to work a little bit. You're going to have to show up on time. Some of you, if you want to serve on certain teams, you're going to have to pass a background check. <laughs> it's not going to be the easiest thing, but listen, 12 hours. Watch what God does in you. 12 hours, Tamika. Watch what God does through you. Thank you.
One more thing before Donovan prays. I actually lied. <laughs> I need you for 12 hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> because, Danetta, don't shake your head at me, Danetta. Just after this service, immediately after this service, we're hosting a 20-minute Serve 101, and we're going to get you on a team today. All you need to do is pick a team, start serving for the next few weeks. I'm asking for 20 minutes today, 12 hours over the next eight weeks. If you have a lanyard in your hand, you're going to meet my team back there. They're going to take you to Serve 101. They're going to get you plugged in so that you know how to serve. Thank you. Donovan, pray us out. Lord, I just want to pray over everyone in this place, Lord. Those that may already have a lanyard and those that are a lanyard today, Lord, I just pray that as they put that lanyard on, Lord, that they are not just joining the vision team, Lord, but they are also joining Jesus' team, Lord. I just pray that their hearts will remain open to receive the blessing that you have on them as they serve, Lord. I just pray that they'll keep their hands open to work, use your works through their hands to help others, Lord. I just pray over everyone in this place, Lord. I pray blessings over them, Lord, as they serve every week, every other week, Lord, however, they, wherever they decide to serve, Lord, just pray over them and over them and through them, Lord. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise today. Thanks again for joining us, and thank you to those who give generously to make this ministry possible. You can click the link in our description to give now or visit www.givetofocus.com If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, and while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at My Focus Church. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.